dialogue is it's my favorite technical aspect of writing a book. So every time before um, I do the dialogue, I always have characters have conversations in my notes app on my phone. So I make them talk to each other. And this goes on for like weeks. So I put on a random topic and then they go back and forth. So when it comes to actually um, writing the book, it just feels natural. So I'm not sitting there thinking, what would this person say? How would they say it? The, specifically with um, uh, Mabel, I, I was watching Coronation Street. <laughs> I forgot what character it was, but um, it was just, it felt, the way they were going back and forth is just like I, I thought if I could make this my own <laughs> I could I could like, throw in topics that I, I personally find funny and there was just some, something so funny about an older white woman complaining about things that didn't really need to be complained about that I thought was really funny and specifically complaining about a person who, who was just she's probably she's probably not as bad as she's saying she's this but she really really hates the hates her and, 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 the, and the passion of the hate is so outsized compared to what the person actually does to her. Hello and welcome to part two of our interview with Alvin James Mensah, author of Small Joys on Academy Magazine's Connecting Communities podcast. My name is Abana Sewa, the editor of Academy Magazine and you were just listening to Alvin who started to share details of his forthcoming book. In this episode, he tells us more about the writing process, how the Coronation Street soap inspired one of the characters in the book, and he reveals details of his second novel. This interview with Alvin was recorded at the end of 2023. The episode was edited and produced by Camo. Um, one, one of the things that I noticed, yes, is about the music. Now, you talked about that, and you talked oh, yeah. about your... yeah. Um, it's so prevalent and I loved it because it was the music that I grew up listening to as well so I could almost hear it it was brilliant so you talked about wanting to be a music journalist and maybe that's not something that couldn't happen still but okay okay so I'm going to merge two questions together I don't think music journalism is in my feature anymore but the main character in book two <laughs> is going to be a music journalist and and it's set it's set in um 2006 so a year after small joys it's not a sequel but i'm going to have characters from small joys appear in it and i like that i can, I can just i can say that we're hesitating now because you know they've read the they've read the draft and they approve <laughs> so um, it, it's going to happen so um with music because i wanted to be a, a music journalist um uh, when i think back over my, the last 10, 20 years of, of my life, like I think of them in like what was into at the time. So for example, um, and you can laugh at me if you want, but 2002 is such a, is such a significant year for me because it's when like I started like basing so much of my life around pop music. So Christina Aguilera in 2002, <laughs> kind of like when I think about the year it's when I started like becoming like a, like a stan of artists like when I was like looking forward to album releases single releases interviews like looking at top of the pop CD UK all that all that stuff and, and, and be like yeah this is where my joy is coming from and ever since then like um so much of my life, I think. So if, if I know what um, Beyonce released in 2006, I can work out what I, I was doing with my life. <laughs> and, then too, that's, and that's how much like music, but specifically R&B and pop music, that's how much mm. it means it means to me. And now that I'm in, I'm near, I'm 30 next year. So now that like my life is full of so much nostalgia, it, it kind of means a lot to me. So that's why in book two, I decided to make it, you know, even more music orientated. So now where the draft is, is I'm trying to do a it's four main characters it's four black british guys and i'm trying to have like a sex in the city vibe with it so sex in the city but with four black british guys mm. and it's the mid-2000s it's just my favorite era, era to be in yeah so that's where i'm at with it um when now. when will that come out 
spring twenty twenty five. Oh, I can't wait. So does that mean Harley's in it? I don't know if you want me to tell you. I'm just going to tell you. He is. He is. <laughs> so that means he'll be at uni ish. Yeah. Yeah. So he'd be. So when so when you meet him in um, the novel, he's going. You're going to meet him in uni, and um, you're going to if you've read, and if you've read Small Dress before, then you you'll see like you know his progress from with anxiety and how um how confident he is now with his um new circle of friends and maybe some old friends but um yes yeah, so, <laughs> yeah. so um, and I wanted to be like so you didn't have to read small just before you read it so if you haven't read it you just won't care but if you have read it you'll see oh okay so he's, he was here when we left him and now yeah. he's here yeah. yeah brilliant why do you have different uh book covers depending on the country maybe that's a stupid question well oh, no, no not at all um so um the publishers say um, certain audiences react to um, different things. So, uh, so he said the UK cover was um, it was always going to have people on the front, mm. but um, in America it's just kind of like a vague kind of blue sky with like birds mm. on on like the phone wires and stuff. And I was told um, different um, audiences react to different things. So um, I think the line was America's like. Um, abstract and bright colors. I don't know how true it is. What I think is they just had an idea for the, <laughs> their their okay. own cover, and that's what they went with. They said they told me something, shut me up. But um, <laughs> so I, um, I think may, it could be like um, the different publishers just can want to have their own cover to promote, so kind kind of like differentiate. Yeah, I'm excited to see because um, um, it's coming out in Spain soon, and um, I'm excited to see what cover they're gonna come up with to, yeah. to see what differences and stuff but you know um from, from like a social media point of view I like having different covers because you know I like posting <laughs> so the posts yeah. are different and there's like different engagements so we're not liking the same things over and over yeah. again yeah so if we're, um, they're changing the UK cover for the paperback we're going to have um real people <laughs> on on the cover so um so that's exciting because I know uh, somebody's drawn Harley yeah, so this is something I'm taking into the book too. Okay, let me talk about the drawing first. So I hired, um, I found someone who read the book. He messaged me saying he really loved it, and I noticed he was an illustrator. And I, and and I'm like, if I was going to hire an illustrator to depict some of the characters, this person would be perfect because they they told me they loved the book. And their thing was drawing male intimacy, and I'm like, I can't pass this up. <laughs> I have I have yeah. to ask him if he'd be willing to do it. So he did it, and he's just been absolutely amazing. I did go to um Africa, right? But um, I'm really excited about what seems to be this ex explosion of, um, as I said, people like diasporans from Ghana or from other African countries who have been born in this country. And that sort of explosion of literature that's coming out from. So <laughs> yeah. So you mentioned Caleb before, but I yeah. almost feel like what I've seen, and you tell me because you're in those circles more than me, I feel like there's a lot more honesty in terms of what we're writing about those tough topics, such as, you know, the mental health journey that you find in Small Joys. You're talking about it. And I almost feel like, I, I think about Jessica George as well. Those oh, things yeah, that our parents, that. yeah, those things that our parents say, well, just don't be telling people, you know, don't tell the public, don't tell your friends about these oh. things that you're going through. Just pray and it will be all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, God. Even you saying that just made my heart go. <laughs> like, I, I really <laughs> so hard. Oh, my God. Um, I think I think there's different ways you, you can we can look at this. OK, so I feel like maybe from um, a publisher's standpoint, 
I don't want to seem too cynical. I feel like with because um, you know, Caleb is, 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 is a bestseller. Um, uh, Jessica George it became a bestseller. I feel like um, it's more okay. This sells, so we're going to do more. We're going to do more, more of it. It's like okay, if 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 we weren't talking about mental health before, if and if we're talking about it now, and we see we see the money, then yeah, <laughs> yeah, let's go for it. Now, from um, a writer's um, um, point of view. I think I've been. You get to a point where in your life where like maybe the things where like if your parents have tried to like you know suppress you or try to like keep you from talking about certain things, I, I've been noticing that. And actually, you just get to, get to a point where you have to release it. You have to you have to say something. And and if you're a writer, it's going to come out in the form of some sort of novel or some sort of you know writing project. Mm. And um and I think because I feel a lot of us were like we're, we're close in we're we're close in age. So so I feel like if we if we were if we were younger and we all we all had you know. Our, our, our struggles and we all like we're going through like certain things that we weren't allowed to talk about eventually when you come of age you're gonna have to release it and I'm guessing a lot of us released it at the same time <laughs> and that's why it seems to be it seems it seems to be like the last few years it's been like you know so many uh, mental health books but so many like specifically like coming from you know um black point of view but what I can't explain is why it seems to be like this year alone it seems to be like so mm. many like specifically British gunning releases so obviously mm. you, you had like um even like um 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 crystals um Zara Pia, I think yes, yes. and then I think it was that like, was that month to month so you had um rootless and then you had yeah. um before that you had mommy rootless um me and then you had um Kaylee with Nelson uh, and and, and it's, it's I don't know why it was all so like this like yeah. so like back to back like that that I can't explain but I think like generally generally I feel like if you've been suppressed and you you've had to like keep like things that have been I guess more taboo to um to talk about eventually you're gonna have to say something and gonna have to release it and this is just the way it was really yeah fun. so I actually met Crystal and also Marie Claire because she's got a book Marie, out as yes. well. oh my God, I love her. yeah so they were talking and and one of the things that was interesting both of them said it about us as in British Ghanaians I guess or people you know this diasporan identity not being a monolith and I remember I lived in Ghana at one point and the perception of being a British Ghanaian to a, a Ghanaian Ghanaian was quite different like this idea that we knew about lots of different things and we weren't one thing and it's almost like the books are helping to explain that and and show this kind of multiplicity you know of identities which I think is interesting because it's one thing to try and explain that to a cousin and then it's another if they can read that in a book and see some of the challenges that we face living here and having these maybe sometimes conflicting identities where you're code switching and you talk about that through being queer and having to maybe dumb it down when you're in certain circles you know you you do that as well when you're in Ghana I don't know if you speak the language but that's like another dimension on top of that I I, I used to I used to speak it a lot but then um it kind of over the years it's kind of going away like um my brother speaks it like he was born in Ghana he wasn't but he speaks it he says sometimes he says some things that um like my mum doesn't even understand (laughs) and but with me uh, I speak like half even when I'm speaking it to a Ghana it's a half English half treat but um, it's yeah but it's kind of like it's been like slipping away so I find myself I keep speaking just in English to my mum and I kind of hate it I like that the fact that I can speak two languages but yeah. So did you, were you taught it in, in Britain or did you live in Ghana? Oh, so um, I was born in Britain and um, I guess I was, I was speaking just because like my mum always like sp- um, spoke it to me and it's it it the spoken language in, in my house. Mm. And when I was younger, I used to speak it like 80% of the time. Like conversations with my mum would be like 100% tree. But mm. then um, 
I've been noticing it um, ever since um, when I went away to uni and then when I moved to Wales, it's kind of like, it's kind of like if, if you're not, if you're not using it, you lose it. When I came back, I was like, um, why am I not speaking in tree to you? Like I can't, and I can't help it. I have to think about it to translate and it's, mm. it's kind of going away and I kind of hate it. But now that I'm back, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I can speak in tree again. Awesome. Um, and my last question was just related to your writing style. And you know, when I spoke to you before, I talked about, is it Mabel? I think she's like one of my favourite characters in Small Joys. Is that um, Maddie's grandmother? Yeah, yeah. I love her. And I just, I mean, initially, I'm from Birmingham. I was born in London, but from Birmingham. So initially okay. when I was listening, or I say listening, but it did feel like listening to the dialogue, it was a bit difficult for me to get into until I did get into it because it's kind of a bit up north because Muddy's from Manchester. Manchester yeah. yeah. Um, so I don't know, I just found it really interesting how you're able to channel this other identity through these, like an older character who speaks really northern and she's a, a hilarious, Mabel. I love her. But yeah, can you talk to us about how you channeled those voices? Dialogue is it's my favourite technical aspect of writing a book. So every time before um, I do the dialogue, I always have characters have conversations in my notes app on my phone so I make them talk to each other and this goes on for like weeks so I put on a random topic and then they go back and forth so when it comes to actually um, writing the book it just feels natural so I'm not sitting there thinking what would this person say how would they say it specifically with um, uh, Mabel I I was watching Coronation Street (laughs) I forgot what character it was but um, it was just it felt the way they were going back and forth is just like I, I thought if I could make this my own <laughs> I could I could like throw in topics that I, I personally find funny and there was just some, something so funny about an older white woman complaining about things that didn't really need to be complained about that I thought was really funny and specifically complaining about a person who who was just she's probably she's probably not as bad as she's saying she's this but she really really hates it hates her and and, and, the, and the passion of the hate is so outsized compared to what the person actually does to her and that just kept making me laugh so like I was kind of like basing Mabel on that um character I saw and that like, the way that like the, the dialogue ran and how like she kind of like try and mimic that because obviously like, I'm not I'm not northern I have like one northern friend and um <laughs> it felt really funny to me so I tried to channel that based off that episode of Coronation Street. Honestly I love that I, I hope she comes back in the next book, I don't know. I mean, she just. She, so, when the paperback comes out, um, I've written a short story from Muddy's perspective, and it's gonna they're gonna put it in the back of the in the back of the paperback. So Mabel does come back, and it kind of like ties up some loose ends with um like Muddy, his granddad, his nan, and kind of his life. So she yeah. will come back. She will. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. I mean, I feel like I haven't talked enough about Muddy, but honestly, I feel oh. people should read this book I I feel like I love the journey that you go on emotionally I went on a journey reading your book and I love the fact that it was a celebration of what maybe some people might call the mundane you know just the everyday going to the shops exactly what you mean yeah yeah. so um I'm gonna sort of hand it over to you if there's anything you feel like I haven't touched on that you want to mention or talk about muddy anything um I, honestly I like that we focused on Harley because I feel like at least from reading like the reviews and stuff it, it's like I feel like muddy's like the character that people usually come away talking about the most so really? this whole pod this whole um, um podcast yeah, podcast. Really nice, like, like focusing on um, um on Harley on Harley and like and stuff that's going going on with him so this has been really good I feel like we covered everything that I okay. like, about. so thank you 
Thank so you much. too. Thank you for listening to this episode. To listen to more content like this, visit our monthly Academy Magazine Connecting Communities podcast on Apple, Spotify, Buzzsprout, or wherever you listen to your audio. Follow our news on academymagazine.com and academymagazine.co.uk and access exclusive early release content and discounts at ko-fi.com forward slash academymagazine. The music in this episode is called Life No Day Easy by Chechaku and the Super Pong Stars and is a special remix exclusively for Akadi Magazine. Super Pong Stars is a high-octane patchwork of Ghana's indigenous genres, including palm wine music, high life, Afrobeat and Afro-funk. You can find out more about the band on their Instagram, Super Pong Stars. Thank you.